0: Hello and welcome to BWB Extra, where we get to know CEO and founder of Axiom, Robert Wesson, a little better. We hear how Robert went from backpacking in Australia to stockbroking in London, how his life was massively shaped by living through the tsunami and losing his dad both at the same time, as well as talking about future plans for Axiom breaking into North America.
1: Let's sort of wind the clock back a bit. And we left you, I think, having done two years in Thailand, moved to Australia, got a sort of first job in banking. How come you're back here doing what you're doing? How did we get from there to here?
2: Well, do you want the real story or do you want the... Yes. (laughs) Yeah, definitely.
0: (laughs) Involved a woman, a gun and a dog.
2: (laughs) No, involved... So, in the old days, this has now changed, thankfully. So, in the old days in Australia, when you were under 30, you got a holiday visa or a working holiday visa for one year. Fine. You could only work for one company for three months. If you wanted to have your second year visa, you had to go and do three months worth of fruit picking or like, you know, non sort of office-based roles in cities. So very long story short, tried it a few times, varying different degrees of success. Um, it was pretty hideous. Actually, my experience was was pretty poor. You know, involving sort of. It it's very hard. Yeah, I mean, just to give you a flavour, so I was out in the middle of in Mildura, which is sort of in between Adelaide and and Melbourne, sort of out back, It was 55 degrees. You know, the sort of the locals were, was and the farmers were nicking your lunch. There was no water. You were sort of bust from this hideous sort of hostel. Uh, into the middle of nowhere and basically I had to stand behind a tractor that was um, unravelling tarpaulin from the year before that had been stuck in a in a barn with sort of snakes and rats uh. and stagnant water and all sorts. And you had to, every meter, this is all day, so you get to sort of step sideways every meter, wrap a sort of 50 cents coin to your thumb and pull the tarpaulin over the vines and stick a nail in it to sort of protect it from the sun. But you were doing this all day for no oh money and it was, and it was horrendous, horrendous. And then in the evenings they had a big problem with Aboriginals and. There's of racism, and it was pretty hideous, really. And anyway, so I met this farmer. and He said, "Oh, look, pay me five hundred dollars, and I'll just sign your paperwork for you." So quite a lot of people did it, and and I I followed suit. And then you know, anyway, I got a phone call from the farmer a few a few months later saying, "Oh, by the way, mate, I've been investigated. You know, I've been busted." Expect a phone call from... So are you. From, from, Yeah, basically. Yeah. So I don't know if there's any uh, double... You know, I'd get in trouble for this. But uh, anyway, so I, I had a Statute girlfriend... Statute
1: of limitations has <laughs> probably gone by now.
2: So I was, I'd applied for my second year visa. I had a girlfriend. I was working for a stockbrokers in Sydney. God, was, what a switch. Stockbrokers to that, yeah. Yeah, well, I went back So I, So I, they got re-employed by the same business, but for it in a different role. And... Um, Anyway, so I was, you have your sort of visa portal on the, on the website and you sort of you wait for it to sort of tick through. It's like an Amazon sort of delivery thing. Yeah. And I got this phone call, so I said to my girlfriend, I'm really sorry, you know, that's it, You know, I'm off type of thing. So I actually applied for my New Zealand visa. My brother was living in New Zealand. So I got my New Zealand visa and I planned, booked a flight, and was going to leave my girlfriend, go to New Zealand, you know, thanks a lot. And then over the Christmas period, I was in my office and I was talking to some bloke that was just starting his visa application. I said, oh, look, I'll show you the, the platform. I logged online and it said approved. So, I was like, oh, wow. So uh, apparently I've, I've got my visa. Hi, I'm not yeah, exactly. going anywhere. But I was told that because it was the Christmas period, I think they have various quotas. So per week, you have you know people from the, in the back, but you in know, hostels, you meet people that worked in the department up in Queensland or whatever. And this could be all complete bullshit, but this is what the rumour on the street was, let's say. So. And then they have certain amount of quotas you have to investigate, you have to push through. whatever, whatever. And we think because of the time of year, I think it was just luck and they just went off, oh, you know, nice. you're in the bucket of get on with it. So anyway, anyway, so I ended up staying and then I worked uh, in banking and it was June 2008. So the market crashed. My plan was to stay, get a visa sponsorship, you know, get sponsored and I was working for a firm and they said, right, you know, you have to, we can't sponsor you anymore because the, the, the market's crashing and all the Australians are coming home. So the government stopped non-essential visas. So they said, go back to London, in six months' time, we'll send you back to Sydney, you know, no problems. Left kicking and screaming, absolutely loved Australia, you know, loved everything about it at the time. If you just said to me then that you never would, you hadn't have been back in the last sort of 12, 15 years, I would have said you're crazy. Six months came, came round, and then my boss said, do you want to go back to Sydney? I said, no thanks, I, I quite like London and quite like living in, in Europe again, and that was 15 years ago.
0: Can you see a long-term goal now? Can you see, you know, you know, do you have a, a sort of something you really want to achieve?
2: Or I think I've come to, the, to a sort of a realization that if you're lucky enough to be able to give your, trip, your kids the gift of travel and, and the gift of sort of freedom of movement to a degree or as much as you're allowed to, then I would love to work to a point where I'm giving my family the opportunity to discover the world, see the world, have opportunities. So the kids will have, or, or you know, the older two do have dual citizenship. Sammy will have dual citizenship. You know, travel is. My kids might turn around and go, Dad, we hate it. We want to stay in Ealing. Uh, you know, but that's up to them. You know, I, I, am I'm, I'm pretty, pretty pro. Shit can travel. happen.
0: Shit can happen too. It could be handy. You know.
2: No, no, exactly. And I, and I think yeah.
1: You're giving them the tools to yeah, do absolutely. whatever they. Yeah, Get the hell out
0: of England. Leave us alone.
2: Yeah. So well, we I mean, we, we, yeah, travel's important, and um, being able to sort of have a life where travel is part of that, I think, is is great.
0: What's the uh, biggest problem facing your business?
2: Well, the biggest problems at my business, I think, is we're being spread too thin. You know, we've built a, a, an excellent team of. We we have a frictionless workforce because we rely very heavily on our regulated partners for a lot of the, the the sections of the business that require compliance. You know, IT, whatever. So the idea of our business is we wanted to have a streamlined uh, and and minimal headcount. So yeah, being being spread too thinly and and not being able to sort of replace with with high level talent is probably a pretty. Common yeah, pretty common problem to be fair it's
0: part of growth too because you can't if you hire a load of people and you don't have the work then they're inefficient and they don't I wouldn't, have anything yeah, to
2: do I would rather I would rather not do that and we are in the most uh, currently hopefully hiring one or two you know very senior um, you know, people within the what, industry what that, do you
1: think the problem the problems are with getting high level kind of people
2: we've, the, the business has been registered for three years but I've been doing this pushing 20 or certainly sort of 15 to 20 you know, So the network has existed long before Axiom uh, has been around. And, and I think that we've been very successful. We've obviously hit a bit of a niche. We're growing very quickly. We're scaling it through Vs, et cetera. So for us, it may be more that people look at it and go, well, it, it, you know, is this a the real deal? You, yeah, you do it's a I mean. startup. It's, mm. yeah, yeah, and that's where I think you know, maybe that, and again, that's where from a, from a sales perspective, being introduced to our clients is the key because we're introduced by people like Andy, by the British government, by... The trusted, the yeah, trusted like, introduction. The, these guys, it works. Like, yeah. it, it does. I, I, you I'm
0: know. not joshing you kind of thing. Regularly, I'm having to sit there, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's exactly right because the positioning of an accountant or lawyer, because like, I, I, I have to say things like, I haven't got any shares. Yeah, Do you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? I'm not getting committed. I'm just telling you it's okay, you know, and they're still they're still nervous about it. It's almost like you need to get, you know, you must have to repeat yourself all day. It's almost like we need to get Warren Buffett to make a video
2: or some well, trusted yeah, source but I think once people but understand around the sort of the, 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 the reg, you know, I always say that once people get their head around the fact that their T's and C's are with the regulated entity and their funds are safeguarded by Barclays, everyone's much happier with Axiom's involvement. Axiom's involvement is the conduit between the client and the regulated partner. We're here to sort of foster that relationship and put time and effort into it that the bank doesn't do. What are you most excited about for your business? Growth, North America, JVs, you know, really taking this to sort of, you know, we have some pretty large corporates as clients, but again, I mean, I think we're building that credibility that we are sitting at a a bigger table now and, and being able to genuinely look people in the eyes and say, this work, we will add value to your business. It's up to you whether you want to do it or not, that's fine. But, you know, I'm very excited about really taking this product and pioneering the product range to the larger corporates and saying, this is helpful to your business.
0: And now, a quick word from our sponsor. Business Without Bullshit is brought to you by Ori Clark. Straight talking financial and legal advice since 1935. You can find us at oriclark.com.
1: What's your um, biggest fuck-up?
2: If you reshape the question a little bit, you know, what, what has been a fuck-up in your life, and, and therefore what have you learned from it? Then I mean, I was in the tsunami in 2004, that's why I ended up in, I was only meant to be in Thailand for one year, I ended up staying for two years because I was working at a school and, and helped rebuild the community and getting kids back in the water as a swimming coach, etc. And then my dad passed away. What was his name? Well, his name was William. Big up William. Yeah, and he, uh, he died of a heart attack in the gym changing room. You know, and I think what I learned from all from those things was that life life does change very, very quickly, very quickly. You know, for, for the tsunami, a, a life changed because this great big wave came that no one knew was coming. And then my mobile phone rang, my little brother rang me from university, and, and he said, "You know, Dad's dead." You know, and you, when you hear those that phrase on your mobile phone, yeah. your life changes forever. As I think I was twenty one or twenty two or whatever I was, and I think understanding. Or at least me trying to understand. You know, as I said life changes quite quickly. But you know, and I think the positives that came from it was how you, how I've then shaped, hopefully shaped some direction in my life because of the experiences that I've had, which are pretty heavy experiences to have under 23. You know, the, the tsunami was. If the tsunami hadn't happened, I don't think I'd be sitting here. And I think if my dad hadn't died, I don't think I would. Well, have you wouldn't had the be same. sitting here. No, and- I don't think so. I think My life would have gone on a very different path. I mean, I wanted to be a bar owner in Thailand and, and do sports journalism. You know, genuinely. And the you know, tsunami yeah, changed Yeah, the tsunami up. and I changed because I stayed in two years in, in Thailand instead. And, you know, I think your understanding of just everything from religion to sort of how people dealt with, with trauma, yeah. how, you know, how grief really affect guilt. I mean, guilt was horrendous for, for many years. You know, ultimately, you know, I was an 18-year-old bloke living on the beach that was getting drunk most nights. And, and I, you know, happened to... To, to, to fly to Koh Samui the day before the tsunami happened and, you know, I missed it. You know, basically, yeah. I lived in Phuket, I lived in Patong, I had a flat in Patong.
0: Ah, okay, so you happened to go, leave yeah. the area. Yeah,
2: me and my friends, we, we, we basically decided to go, we were in the pub and we decided we won't have Christmas in Phuket because we live in Phuket, we'll go to Koh Samui instead. And Koh Samui yeah, because it was Boxing Day, wasn't it? Of, boxing Day, you know, I was in, I, my ex-girlfriend Jesus. rang me on the beach and she said, you know, I said, happy, happy birthday, or, happy Christmas, and she said, where are you? He said, I'm on the beach. She said, what are you doing? And I had no idea what she was talking about. And we went out and we saw it on the TV and we were like, oh my God, and actually we were the first people to fly back into Phuket. We actually were allowed to fly back in that night. And the and guilt we, because your friends were there? Or... Well, guilt because I think you realised that, you know...
1: There but for the grace of God. I mean, it's just yeah. like...
2: I mean, I my my relationship with spiritualism, my relationship with sort of, you know, trying to think is there. Uh, you know, I was from a little village in Kent that liked playing cricket and, and having the occasional pint, you know being in the tsunami and being in, you know, it's like waking up in, you know, in a war-torn country. You know, there was dead bodies everywhere. There was devastation everywhere. You know, kids that I taught that were four or five had died. You know, we had children that were at the school that had lost everyone. Oh, Parents, course, sisters, everyone yeah. were orphaned, you know. And I was thinking, well, hang on, you know, why was I, as an 18-year-old, you know, essentially spared Luck, this? Like, you know, yeah, absolutely. And again, you know, that seriously shaped, you know, my thinking on life and understanding of life and what I kind of, you know, those, those experiences were pretty... You know, pretty if I, think,
0: I think what um, you can take from that, and I, I would say say to anyone going, because everyone goes through shit. It's life. We're all gonna die. It's, it's tough. You know, my dad brought me up that life is tough, and um, I think the thing is, these things happen, and just you know, good and bad things will come out of it. You know, it's yep. it's not it's not like a bad things happened and everything's bad from there. You know, it, 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 it's like losing someone. If a lot of people love that person, everyone who loves them, they don't remember the bad bits, they remember the good bits. Yeah, and yeah, they yeah. change themselves and say, I'm going to be a better human. You yeah, know? and I
2: remember the our br- brothers at the time, I'm one of three boys, and, and we said, look, everyone goes through this at different stages of their lives. You know, every every single person you know goes through this at yeah. a different stage. Yeah. Grief is very personal. So we sort of said, look, as long as you're not being a massive dickhead, you know, grief is personal. So you're allowed to grieve in however way and we will support you. We won't. Yeah. So it's very difficult when people say, oh, you know you should do this and I did that and it's like yeah that's fine thanks for the advice but you know it's quite personal isn't it and and you know I think just being allowed to 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 be yourself in those situations but as you say to to know that you know life does carry on and What's your passion outside of business? He said, clearly, sport. Or something yeah, well, other. I mean, family, I, I, I do love the boys and, and my wife, but uh, yeah, travel and sport. So it's travel, sport, then the family, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You're solo awesome. traveling is much better.
1: <laughs> You're one of three boys, and now you've got three boys. Yeah,
2: so I'm a very proud stepfather to the older two. Ollie's nine, Archie's six, and, and Sammy is uh, just over two. But, uh, but yeah, we are three boys. So yeah, f- sport, travel, eating, being with friends. Yeah.
0: What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given?
2: Well, there's a slightly rude one that my old man used to say, but... Um, oh, we do rude, well, if more, you don't mind, do rude, rude. More just, you know, just, you mind your P's and Q's, you never know who you're talking to, you know, have your shirt tucked in, just don't be a dickhead, basically, you, you know, and, uh, you know, I think that's, that's pretty solid in, in various forms. Try and be the best version of yourself.
0: What advice would you give your younger self? Fly to Kosamui. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: <yeah>. On <laughs>
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Christmas Eve. Yeah. Don't be a Crystal Palace fan. No. Um, <laughs>
1: are they doing badly?
2: Well, we're always doing some form of badly, but that's not the point. Yeah, I think just don't panic. You know, I think, you know, you're talking about advice a minute ago. You know, I think a lot of people do talk about being patient, especially in business. And and I think your 20s, are, I had a great time in my 20s. I traveled loads, drank loads, loads of friends, you know, fantastic life. But, you know, it, it was probably a bit full on in in stages, and I think maybe just 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 be patient. You know, life grows, life evolves. Don't panic, calm down, keep trugging along, do the right things right. You know, things fall into place.
0: And uh, finally, is there anything you'd recommend anyone to listen to,
2: watch? Uh, gut health podcasts. Yeah. Okay, uh, is that quite, your thing? Yeah, I think I think gut health's pretty. I think we're just starting to sort of go down a pretty interesting rabbit hole as a society on understanding gut health. And I, yeah, I think it's pretty interesting. Well, we, we, we're discovering all sorts of things like serotonin's made in the gut. You well, know? absolutely. Yeah, and eczema, my, my son Sammy has eczema and, 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 you know, we started giving him probiotics and stuff and I think it's made a difference. And, you know, the gut is, I think we're starting to understand that the gut is a pretty serious... Pretty serious bit of our body that we need. I,
0: to... I read uh, My brother did quite. My brother's quite a good uh, actor. He probably should have gone pro. But anyway, another story. But um, he did the very funny thing. He sent me the other day, which is some speech from a theatre. But the guy's like, I just can't believe it. I'm just this thing that carries around all these bacteria. Like, there's so many bacteria in your gut. You're basically, and yeah, yeah. you could argue, we're just, we're we're just for them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, we're just yeah, yeah. a system which carries them around because there's like more bacteria in your gut than you know stars in the universe kind of thing it's crazy
2: do a bit bit of listening on that so that was this week's episode of BWB
0: Extra and we'll be back tomorrow with our finale for the week the business or bullshit quiz stay tuned